You may be seated. Uh, so 2018 has been a great year. We know that not only from the, from the uh, statis- uh, statistics that we saw, but we also heard the number of testimonies, didn't we? What an amazing testimony, great. It's not that we testify God only when he provides us financially or only when he heals. We testify his goodness irrespective of what happens. Testimony is something, of course, that you know, we, he did and we want to glorify him. We are not testifying so that we will, we will, he will bless us. He has already blessed us in Christ Jesus. I, I, I'm just going to ask you for a few extra minutes. There's the first service, the testimony. We planned for 10 minutes, but it's almost gone for half an hour. So I'm not to be blamed. For those who are pregnant women and their fathers, <laughs> they are to be blamed. And for, and for the answered prayers and those who testify, they are to be blamed. Now I'm not to be blamed, <laughs> right? But it was wonderful, wonderful testimony. God has been good to us. So we want to look ahead. But as we look ahead, but we ended 2018 on a high note with that what a profound truth that we heard on 31st night. What was that? Christ is more than enough. Yeah, that was the message for 2018 we ended. In the midst of all that, Christ is more than enough. We don't want to be like the Galatians church. Uh, they, they, had, uh, they, they wanted Christ and we have, we, have, we have conducted ourselves that way many a times. Christ and. But we want to, we want to, we want to lead our life with this truth. Christ is more than enough. Now, we are in 2019. We normally do all these statistics and um, highlight videos on 31st night. And then we discovered 31st night, many people come and most of them are not part of our church. They are visiting for relatives for Christmas. And some of our own people don't come on 31st uh, because they are praying in their home and you know they have other things to do. Um, so we felt it is appropriate for us to show the highlight video and the statistics where we are and where we are going on first Sunday of the month. And I think it makes sense. So that's why we showed all that. Now we are in 2019. Where are we going? I think the one thing that I feel we all need to focus on, there's just one scripture that I want to bring it to your notice um, from Hebrews chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8, part of 8, and uh, let me just um, read that verse. It says, in putting everything under him, God left nothing that is not subject, subject to him. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to, subject to them, but we do see Jesus. In another version it says, we don't see everything subject to him, but we see Jesus. So in um, 2019, there's one thing that I want us to focus is this. But we see Jesus. Amen? Yeah, can we say that together? Thank you for uh, that great attempt. <laughs> Let's do it properly on a count of three. One, two, three. God be 
That's it. Now I can actually close the message and finish to say that, you know, that's over. But I think you know, I'm a preacher. I need to explain. <laughs> I need to explain. And uh, um, so let me just start by saying that uh, that that passage, basically the writer of Hebrews, first he talks about the supremacy of Christ and his son is the exact representation of Jesus, uh, the father sustaining all things by his powerful word. Then he talks about angels. And then he talks about how God placed man. Yeah? Man. And then he comes to that place and says that, you know, we do not see everything submit to him at this stage. There is a reason why everything does not submit to man at this stage. What was the reason? When God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they were sinless people. They had to face temptation, but they fell for the temptation. And God made the provision as a redemptive provision in the garden itself. And he said that there come a, ti- a time will come, uh, 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 a redeemer will rise and he will crush the head of the serpent. Because the serpent was involved in, in, the tempt- in tempting Adam and Eve. And then when Jesus came, Jesus was God's remedy for mankind. Man lost his dominance, his authority, his position because he committed sin in the Garden of Eden. Are you with me? Right. Now, when Jesus was born, Jesus came as a redeemer. As the one who would crush the head of the serpent. And it's also said in the book of Genesis. But he will be bitten. But he will crush the head of the serpent. And as a result of that, when Jesus came, he demonstrated how the authority and the dominance that was lost in the garden of Eden can be restored back. Once that authority is restored back, we will have complete supremacy over God's creation. That's how it is to be. And man can once again have dominance over God's creation and nature. So Adam and Eve, they had dominance over the creation. They, they could, the lion and the lamb were together. I mean, Adam could really pet a lion or a tiger or a, an elephant, or, a, or any of those wild animals or the species, Adam could actually do that. There was no animosity. Sin brought that animosity. Sin brought division. Sin, sin really ruined the plan of God. But we know God has the final plan. God's plan always succeeds. Part of the plan, of course, you know, Satan had his go at it. Even when Jesus died on the cross, that was not the full plan. Satan thought that is the, the, the one redemptive plan of God. I will put an end to it by making sure that Jesus is crucified. But that was only part of the plan. But God has another plan. God had another plan to raise Jesus back to life. That was not known to Satan. And, and God raised Jesus back to life. So he has, now he is seated 
at the right hand of the Father, he has, he is, he is, he has complete authority over everything. But we as who are living on earth, we haven't come to that place of complete supremacy yet. Because we are still living in a fallen world. Satan, Satan still has control over mankind. God is sovereign, but he's also said a time will come. And the final, the final, when Jesus comes again, he puts Satan completely out of, out of man's equation. Completely. He will, at that moment, he will, we will have supremacy once again. But right now, we are in this phase where we do not have. Now, when Jesus came, he demonstrated this. How he demonstrated? Look at his first miracle. First, where he, before he even started ministering to people, the first miracle that he performed was he, he took water and made it into wine. So that is a miracle. Now, I don't know whether you tried that. I haven't. Yeah, I heard this joke once again, uh, once, and he said a, a man was caught at a, um, a place where they're not supposed to carry wine, and he was caught, and the customer officer said, hey, you're not supposed to carry wine. Uh, and he said, whoa, praise God, what a miracle. When I brought it, it was water, suddenly it turned wine. <laughs> so, so, so that's not what we're talking about. Jesus actually, Jesus actually turned water into wine. Now, why am I saying about uh, we see Jesus? We see Jesus because if you don't have this perspective change, we will lose our way. Say, for example, you know, you, you can have a perspective on see how you see things. Uh, what do you see on this paper? White? Very good. Auntie Rita said she see white. Yeah? Anyone else see white? Anything else? A blue dot? You've got a very good eyesight. Yeah? Yeah? So, it is a blue dot. But, you know, it's a perspective. Auntie Rita saw white. Full white. Now, that is... <laughs> okay, let's continue with the message. <laughs> right? But, that's a perspective. Talking about the perspective, you know, there's a man, two friends, they walked into a... Um, a guy was sitting in a bar... And another friend walked in, and he's seeing him after a very long time. And this friend uh, sitting in the bar, and I think uh, he looked very troubled. And he looked very, uh, you know, very, very sad. So he went up to him and said, you know, oh, I'm seeing you after a very long time. What happened? He said, uh, what to tell you? In the month of uh, June, my mother died. But she left behind uh, 10 lakhs. He said, oh, I'm so sorry to hear about your mother. And then in July, my father died. He left behind 50 lakhs. He said, oh, really? Your father died? And he said, but in September, my aunt died. She left behind 15 lakhs. He said, I'm so sorry to hear this in three months Three of your dear family members have died. Then why are you looking so sad? But he said, this month there is nothing. <laughs> Perspective. <laughs> How you see things in life 
Now this poor man was seeing that, you know, three of his family members died in three months. That is his perspective. He was sympathetic. But the other fellow who lost the family members are saying, 10 lakhs, 50 lakhs, 15 lakhs, this month there is nothing. <laughs> so, you understand? If we who are living in this world, Jesus is, is, is sovereign. He's sovereign over everything, not only on earth, but he's sovereign over everything, every single creation in this world. I mean, not only in this world, even, even you know, the other planets and places, wherever, wherever his creation, he's sovereign over everything. But, but right now, right now, we do not see that supremacy entirely. When Jesus, when Jesus walked on the face of the earth, he transformed. Uh, transform water into wine. There was a time he asked Peter to cast a net on the other side. There was no fish. Peter toiled for the whole night. He didn't get a single fish. But then Jesus said, put the net on the other side and there were fish. Who obeyed? Peter obeyed or the fish obeyed? Peter obeyed in putting the net. But all the fish, Jesus never spoke to the fish, but he spoke to Peter. But all the fish moved towards Peter's net. How? Because he has control over creation. When Jesus was in the boat, there was a storm. Everyone thought, the experts in sailing, they thought they're going to die. What did Jesus say? He stood and said, in, 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 in one, one version in the Bible, it says that he always said it, you try calming the storm by doing that. <laughs> yeah? Shh, nobody listens. But when Jesus did it, all he said in a raging storm, all he stood and he said, Shh, and it was calm. Hallelujah. Another occasion, you know, if you think that was, oh, okay, calming the storm, we can understand. Another occasion, there was in the middle of a storm, Jesus actually walked on water. The creation subjected him, the, the nature subject to him. And then even Lazarus who died and buried for three days, everybody thought that when he opened the tomb, there will be an order. You know, so they, 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 they were really thought that it's not a good idea. But Jesus had rolled the stone away and he told Lazarus, come forth. And a dead man walked out of the tomb. He had control over even creation. Demonic people, a man who was isolated in an island, Jesus went there. And when he reached there, that man came running to Jesus and he said, don't torment me anymore. <laughs> he left, the demon left, a legion of demons left that man and that man was completely set free and he became a first evangelist in a place called Decapolis. Right? And as a result of that, how many pigs were affected? Huh? 2,000. Thank you, Savio. Yeah? 2,000 pigs. Even the pigs obeyed Jesus' order. The demons went onto the pigs and they all jumped on the cliff and went into the sea. Friends, Jesus demonstrated, demonstrated that once a relationship is restored, his relationship with his father, he said, I and my father are 
one. I do nothing other than what my father asked me to do. And that, that position is given to us, by the way, in Jesus Christ. We, that position is given to us. Now, we don't see the fullness of it yet, but we are inching towards that. One degree of glory to another. We are coming closer to that. We are not seeing that full, fully yet, but doesn't mean that we cannot see it at all. We'll see it. But my point is, in this year, as we, as we move along this year, this is what I would like us to focus. There will be times you see things and you say, praise God. There will be times you don't see much progress. What will we see at that time? The writer of Hebrews is saying, yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them, but we see Jesus. In the midst of, you know, we, we, we have, we pray for people and we see sometimes people get healed. At that time, we see Jesus. When we pray for people, we don't get to see them healed that sometimes. But we see, but we see, it's true, that's the fact. When you have a job, we see Jesus. When we pray for an interview, we see Jesus. When you don't, when you don't, when you don't succeed in the interview, we still see Jesus. Every department of our life, this must be our effort. This must be our attempt to see Jesus. If you look at our nation, things are not going very well. And we have an all-important election coming. Maybe this election, somebody said this would be the mother of all elections. This is going to be one of, the, one of the most fiercely fought elections in this year. I'll tell you, we can change the course of that election when we pray. We see Jesus. We can sit and read the newspaper and complain. And uh, we can look at the news and complain. But that doesn't change much. But in the midst of a turbulent um, situation in a nation, we are going through political crisis, financial crisis. In the midst of it, all that, the writer of Hebrews is encouraging us to do one thing, but we see Jesus. Your marriage is going well at the moment. I'm not promising that 2019... Everything will go well for you, whether your work, whether your whether your your parenting, whether your uh, marriage, whether your business. But my encouragement and the encouragement from the Word of God is this: in the midst of everything, but we see Jesus. In the midst of everything, we are encouraged to see one person. His name is Jesus. Why? Because if anyone who has overcome the world, it is him. Anyone. You don't be fooled by thinking that, you know, a strong opposition or another prime minister or a strong prime minister will change the course of a nation. No. This one person can change the course of our life, one person who can make all the difference in our life, it was, it is, and it will be Jesus Christ. He was, who was, and who is, and who is to come.
He is the coming king. We have many kings, many presidents, many prime ministers, but the one who is going to come is the real king. He is the coming king. And the writer of Hebrews, he has given, you know, Hebrews is also known for faith and, you know, the, 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 the high priest and the sacrifice and the perfect lamb, etc., etc. In the midst of all that, we are encouraged. And I'm, I'm encouraging you as a church. This is my encouragement to myself. Two months ago, God spoke to me. And as, as we're just thinking about 2019, what is something, you know, one thing that God, you want me to focus on? And I felt God gave me this word. But we see Jesus. And I'm encouraging you, brothers and sisters, let's train ourselves to hear Jesus, to see Jesus. Train ourselves. It will not happen automatically. It will not happen. You know, you will be tested soon after this message. I'm not saying that you, you, you must be tested. You could be. What will you do? There is a place to run to run to people. There is a place to run to your leaders. There is a place to run to your loved ones and your family members. There is a place for them. Then you get tired. Then you get worn out. But there is one thing Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. Who has actually given you that kind of assurance other than Jesus? He said, come to me, all those who are weary and burdened. I'm not saying to you, I'm then, come to me all. I'm saying one or two is okay, but not all don't come to me. <laughs> because I can't handle all, but there is only one God who can handle all those who are weary and burdened. His name is Jesus. Come to me, all those who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Learn from me. I'm gentle and humble. So it's not coming. It doesn't mean that you come and just watch. You know, you come to him, but there are things to learn from him. And my, my, my deepest encouragement to you as a church this morning, as we have stepped, on, stepped into 2019, let's train ourselves to look to Jesus. In good times, we see not in good times? Yeah? When our marriage is good? When our marriage is not so good? When the political, polit- political scene is good? When the political scene is not go- so good? Yeah? Some people have ha- still not have confidence. Yeah? I think, I think we, that's why I'm saying we must train ourselves to do this. It will not happen. Because you know what? We are naturally not inclined to look to Jesus. We look everywhere. I'll tell you, this is one thing that we look when we get the trouble. Whom do I call? We know, we know these days are busy. Yeah? So, Amit, 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 Amit. Amit. Yeah. Hey, Amit's phone is busy. Now who? Mark, Mark. Okay. We, we, we are not going to... We go to the phone, not to the throne. So my encouragement, the word of God encourages us with this. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we see Jesus. Those of you have us seeking for a job. Those of you are looking to change your job. You're looking for a better break. The best place that you can find 
an answer to your problem, answer to your, your request, we see Jesus. We see Jesus. We've got a, got, a, got a great week starting tomorrow with prayer and fasting. Is Fasting is for what? Not just our needs. We're going, to, we're going to start this week by saying, Lord, I want to seek you again. I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus in my, in my personal life. I want to see Jesus in my, in my family. I want to see Jesus in this church. I want to see Jesus at my workplace, in my college, in my school. And how do I see Jesus? The, I find Jesus in this book. I find Jesus in this book because this book teaches me this. Let me read that verse for you. If you, if you, if you doubt what I'm saying. It says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the exact representation of God's glory and the, uh, of God's being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Right? So when you read this is the word that became flesh. The word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. That is Jesus. You want to see Jesus? Get to this book. You want to see Jesus? Sit before him in prayer. In every circumstances, we are called to see Jesus. So this is my message for you for 2019. As we, be, as, we, as we have already stepped into this year, just fix our eyes on one thing. In every circumstance, in every situation, I am going to look to Jesus. We see Jesus. We can say that together. On a count of three, let's do that properly. Let's all stand. Yeah? Thank you for bearing with us for 20 extra minutes. Yeah? But we have seen Jesus, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. On a count of three, I want us everyone to say this. We see Jesus, but we see Jesus. Yeah. One, two, three. But we see Jesus. Say it again. One, two, three. One last time. One, two, three. Father, we thank you. Thank you for living off church. Thank you for all of us who gathered here. Thank you for the amazing testimonies, times of worship. Lord, even that report that we heard, what you have done for us, we are grateful. But Lord, as we, 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 we have stepped into this new year, our eyes, our heart, our mind, body, and spirit, everything towards that one thing, but we see Jesus. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.